It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Ah, KT Live, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. It is a busy Monday night. Lots going on. World Series Game 3 from Phoenix. That is where uh, KT was this morning. And, of course, uh, the next three games are there in Phoenix. And, of course, looking forward to hopefully the Diamondbacks taking care of business against Texas. But nothing against the Texas Rangers. Still looking for that elusive World Series championship themselves. Lots of hockey action going, and of course, Monday Night Football. Yes, the Silver and Black State, they are there in Detroit taking on the Detroit Lions. The Raiders will see what they can do right now off to a slow start, down 6 nothing early. And again, we'll see if the Raiders can indeed take care of business. SportsX Radio, Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. right here, 101.5 FM Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, if you haven't downloaded it. Do it now. It is the best. And, of course, you can uh, tune into the Mark Hoke Show. Mark Hoke Show, of course, Mark is my producer five nights a week here. And then Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., he does the best professional wrestling show in the country, bar none. So make sure you listen to that 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. If you miss that show or if you miss SportsX Radio or any of the other shows that are uh, there on KDON or some of the other stations, you can go and use the great rewind feature that Odyssey has. Again, A-U-D-A-C-Y, it is great. After the show is over, if you miss any part of the show, you can go right back, search SportsX Radio, and listen to the show in its entirety. And Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, KT originates from the PSBR Law Studios right here in Las Vegas. Over $4.5 billion in verdicts and settlements the last five years for their clients between SoCal and Southern Nevada. It is strength by your side. The relentless pursuit of justice, Panache, Boyle, and Rabapudi, PSBR Law. You know the 702 for Vegas. Jot it down. You may need it for personal injury help in the future. 830-9353. 830-9353. All right, we're going to get rolling here on a big week for sports. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, this show, again, I'll keep you updated on what's going on World Series and, of course, the Monday night game. So if you're stuck in traffic, you'll get it all from KT. I'll keep you updated when the Golden Knights game gets going. They'll drop that puck in about 55 minutes from now. Keep you updated on everything going in the world of sports. And we'll start it off just like this. Now, the starting five. Number one. Of course, I want to go away from sports just for a minute. Like, I don't usually do this. I mean, these are the starting five. But, man, I mean, I loved Friends, man. And Matthew Perry was one of the best, man. I'm, like, kind of bummed out. That crushed me on a Saturday just to find out that Matthew Perry passed away. I was actually taking in a great wedding ceremony and my nephew getting married, a really cool venue in Joshua Tree, Southern California, it's kind of out there and in Nowheresville, real private affair, great setup, get to see a lot of folks I hadn't seen in a long time. And lo and behold, that comes across the wire that Matthew Perry passed away. So I know it's not sports, but that was number one as far as my weekend. Yes, it was great to watch my nephew and uh, his new wife 
uh, tie, tie up the vows and everything like that. That was great, but always crushing when you see somebody that you really enjoyed watching for years and years uh, end up uh, losing their life at such a young age, just 54 years old, Matthew Perry. Uh, rest in peace, young man. He was uh, he was special. I know he had addiction problems, this and that. I was hoping that he took care of those. He got into the pickleball big time and used to be a tennis player, Canadian-born, but uh, between here and Canada, back and forth, dual citizenship. But a lot of fun to watch him throughout the years. Matthew Perry, you will be missed. Number two. All right, let's go right to it. Monday Night Football, the Raiders. Can they do it? I mean, can they actually get a road win? Can they even things up? Could they possibly even things up? They could. If they win tonight, they would go to 4-4. Four and four. They're 1-3 on the road going into this game. But, man, they're just having trouble getting out of their own way. So far, they have 33 yards of offense, 8-17 to go in the second quarter. Now, the defense playing fairly well right now. Stats-wise, Jared Goff has 154 yards passing. They have 30 on the ground. Jameer Gibbs there in the backfield as, again, they're still missing their starting running back. So, you know, we'll see if the Raiders can hang in there. So far, a couple Lions field goals, and uh, that is it. But they're actually set up for another one right now as they keep getting inside the red zone, the Lions do, but they have to settle for three at a time. So the Raiders will take it, and the field goal is up and good. So it is now 9 to nothing as Patterson gets his third field goal of the first half. 8.08 to go in that first half, 9 nothing Lions leading the Raiders. We'll keep an eye on it throughout the night. Number three. All right, let's go to the World Series. And what about this Texas Rangers team? I mean, is this team unbelievable? They're just better off playing on the road. Just, you know, no worries. We're good. We're on the road. We're happy there. Right now, Texas taking care of business after four, shutting out Arizona 3-0. Got those three runs rolling in the third. Simeon uh, got a base hit that knocked in a run. Leadoff man. He's kind of been struggling a little bit, just over the Mendoza line, over 200 in the postseason. But who's up after him? That former Dodger, Seager. Uh, Corey Seager is absolutely unbelievable. Home run, jacked it, two-run jack, 3 nothing. Texas taking care of business. And three innings strong for Max Scherzer. Good job, gave up two hits. He walked a couple, one strikeout, and he is out. And John Gray, Jonathan Gray is in right now, and he just finished a perfect inning. So through four, Texas three, Arizona nothing. But a Diamondbacks team that found a way to even up the series with a 9-1 win on Saturday. We'll see how things go tonight. But right now they go to the fifth, Texas three, Arizona nothing. Number four. Ah, yes, the NFL trade deadline looming tomorrow. It'll be 4 o'clock Eastern time, so 1 o'clock out here in Vegas. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were looking, all right, where's Kirk Cousins going to go? Is he going to go to a contender, a team that may just need a quarterback? A lot of people were kind of uh, shifting him to different teams. Remember, they're saying, oh, go get the Jets, you go get him. And, and then Aaron Rodgers says, look, I'm, I, I may be back by the end of the year. We'll see what happens. And uh, young Wilson's not playing that badly. So the Jets said, nay, we're not going to look there. But lo and behold, before the trade deadline goes down, Kirk Cousins goes down. That's right. He tears that right Achilles. Not good. Out for the year. And when you listen to a bunch of his teammates talk today and yesterday in the locker room, they were all saying the same thing. He's a team player. He's somebody that gives heart and soul. We know that the media sometimes makes something out of some, out of nothing, basically, and uh, maybe tags somebody the wrong way. But they seemed like they were bummed out big time, knowing that Minnesota's Vikings were trending in the right direction as far as the way they were playing on the field. 
and then for Cousins to go down, it was tough, no doubt. They did end up finishing out that game and taking care of business against Green Bay at Lambeau yesterday, 24-10. to So we'll see what happens indeed with the Vikings. But Kirk Cousins out for the year with that torn right Achilles. And uh, Kendrick Bourne also went down for New England. He tore his ACL. He was the Pats' leading receiver so far this year. But we'll see a lot of action, I think, tomorrow in that NFL trade deadline. Again, 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific time. Number 5. All right, college football, baby. I'm telling you, that USC game. Remember I said, take Cal, take Cal plus the points. Maybe sprinkle a little on the money line because SC, their head's not in it. Look, they played a solid offensive game, no doubt. But Cal was the better team for a while. They just let their guard down. And I like that they went for two to win it. I got no problem with that. They put USC on their heels, but Southern Cal came up with the stop on the two-point conversion. But what a wild game that was from Berkeley. USC wins it 50-49. to I got to give the Trojans credit because they were down 43-29. Came back, tied it, and, uh, man, I'm telling you, then they got that lead, but Cal had a chance to win it. And I knew Wilcox's team would be ready. There's no doubt. Now SC's got to go home and take on Washington. Huskies still there in the top five, still unbeaten as they took care of business against Stanford. But Oregon probably the most impressive by blowing out Utah at Rice-Eccles Stadium. My goodness, when's the last time Whittingham got beat like that? I can't even remember, especially at home. Doesn't happen often and hasn't happened often. 35-6 to the final, and I think Oregon probably could have scored 50 the way they were taking care of business. But they wanted to save a little. They've got a game coming up this week, and then next week they get Southern Cal. So it'll be interesting to see if USC can indeed take out Washington and go to Autzen Stadium with just the one conference loss. Right now, the Huskies unbeaten in conference play, and they were very fortunate to beat Oregon at home. Again, a game they were outplayed badly in the fourth quarter, but found a way to avoid a game-tying field goal that just kind of kept panning right and missed by a hair, and the Huskies came up with that three-point victory. So lots going on in college football, including a big showdown this week. Can Bama get revenge at home after losing to LSU's Tigers last year in the Bayou? And that is a look at our starting five. It is Ken Thompson. It is producer Mark Hoke. And, of course, PSBR Law Studios here on a Monday. And, uh, yeah, kind of a wild weekend for KT. Had a good time at uh, my brother-in-law, Zach Wild, of course, uh, Ozzy's lead guitar player for better than a quarter century and, of course, doing a lot of stuff. Now his own band, Black Label Society. But I was doing the uh, tour there with the Pantera reunion, playing lead guitar there. And so, you know, a bunch of the rockers were there at the wedding. Uh, folks that have known Jesse, who is, uh, I think he just turned 30. So Jesse's the oldest son. Haley Ray's the oldest daughter. And then there's two more sons. Hendrix, who looks like, like a scholar now out of... Uh, you know, I, I, well, I think he goes to, uh, he's going to UC Irvine, so he's over there, he's an anteater, but I mean, kid just looks like the polished guy from the, you know, the debate team. And then, of course, the youngest one, uh, Sabbath Page Wild, he's the one with the longer hair that kind of runs in dad's footsteps a little bit, Sabatini, we call him. And uh, so, a good time over there. And it was a real neat place. If you get a chance and you want to do something different, maybe wedding wise, or even like a family get together, there's a place called, uh, camp. What is it? Auto, I'm trying to remember the exact name, but it was uh, Camper Zone. Hold on, Auto Camp. Okay, it's called Auto Camp. A U T O Camp. One word. It's in Joshua Tree, which is right around the Palm Springs area, 29 Palms, that area. For those of you that know the Coachella Valley and the desert area uh, over there, but it's really neat. It's kind of enclosed, and they have the gate around it. Everything you can't get in without the you know having somebody let you in. But there's about 
50 of these silver trailers, right, that are just unhooked and stuff, but they have all the amenities that you can you could think of, and they are fantastic, and it is set up real nice, and then they had a great area for the outdoor wedding, and they had the, you know, the bar set up and, and the bathrooms, indoor, outdoor set up, a really, really neat place with, you know, good privacy, so if you look for something a little bit different, you're uh, in the area, Auto Camp, Joshua Tree, right there in Southern California, it was a great time, and uh, great to see a lot of the family, got to hang out with Zach and JD, John DeServio, of course, the uh, bass player from Black Lives Society, hanging out with JD and then Phil, uh, head of security, love that guy, and uh, so many good people, and of course, my sister Barbara Ann and a lot of her friends coming in from Hollywood, but I was there, of course, with the prettiest one of all, my beautiful wife, Christina, and had a great time and uh, really enjoyed it, so it was good times, and, you know, paying attention to the games on the uh, phone, and then got back late yesterday, uh, probably late afternoon, and took in a ton of the college football games that I had taped and watched them back and whatnot. You know, NFL was going. So in between, you know, the uh, late game on Sunday and the Sunday night game, and then I'm up late night and I'm just going through. And the cool thing is when you tape the games, you can fast forward, blow by all the commercials. But I was paying attention to a lot of the games on my phone live. But something different, you know, it's, it's definitely different when you're not watching them. So you got to go back and watch them. And that's why I'm glad I took in a few of those games. And we'll take in probably a couple more later tonight. And uh, look forward to uh, just catching up on a lot of the stuff because we've got some great games coming up this week. And real quick, before I take that final break, look at the games that are coming up this week. And we're going to get into myself and my producer, Mark Oak, a lot, a lot of the review there from college and pro football. And again, we'll keep you updated and get you caught up on the uh, NBA standings, NHL standings, things like that. But Kansas State at Texas, both those teams are Four and one in the Big Twelve. That'll be fun. Florida State's at Pittsburgh next week, and look, it's not a Pittsburgh team that's great. But remember, they handed Louisville their only loss at home, so that's just one to pay attention to. Penn State's at Maryland. How is Maryland losing games to teams like Northwestern? This is a pretty good team that had Ohio State on the ropes in Columbus for a while, but uh, they are at home against the Hoaxers, Penn State Nittany Lions, and I just have a feeling. I'm just saying the way Penn State. I don't know. They didn't look good against Indiana at home. They better wake up or they're going to get beat at Maryland. UCLA's at Arizona. What did I tell you? Arizona's dangerous. Brad Powers tell me Oregon State's a complete team. But my goodness, Jed Fish, what a job he has done there. And I'm telling you, they should have beaten USC, uh, you know, a couple weeks back. But this Arizona Wildcat team, they're going to be bolting to the Big 12, but they are really playing some special football. And they'll be at home against UCLA. That'll be a good, solid offense against a very dynamic defense. The Bruins flexing their muscles on D this year. Missouri will be at Georgia. Remember, Missouri almost beat Georgia last year in Columbia. Rutgers will be at home against Ohio State. Ohio State, a big 18.5-point favorite. But I think Shiani's boys can maybe get some confidence and hang in that. Uh, remember, Rutgers sitting at 6-2 and two right now. Washington's at USC. And look, I'm all in on the Trojans winning that game. I said they were going to beat Washington. And Washington has sidestepped uh, a couple uh, faux pas. They, they, they really, like I said, were outplayed by Oregon. And then they, too, uh, struggled at home only against Arizona State. And that's where they were outgained by the Sun Devils at home and only had 13 yards rushing on 13 carries. So looking forward to those games. Of course, LSU at Alabama will be the biggie. Oklahoma's at Oklahoma State. And what about the Sooners going down at Kansas? What an effort by Jason Bean, the quarterback there for Kansas. They're playing solid ball. And uh, he might be a backup quarterback on that team to Jalen Daniels. But I'm telling you, Jason Bean could start on a lot of college teams in the country. And uh, he did a stellar job 
on Saturday, and then Notre Dame at Clemson and Clemson. Wow, four and four. Who'd have thunk it, right? Dabo Sweeney and company go down again at NC State. KT did have NC State plus ten and a half. And then next week in the NFL, how about Thursday night Titans? Now they've got Will Levis quarterback, and they're going to take on the Steelers on Thursday. And then we've got from Germany, how about the Dolphins and Chiefs? I mean, can you imagine? You get this one game coming into Germany. Now they'll actually have two in successive weeks, but they get the Dolphins and Chiefs, the best game in the AFC. Where is it? It's over there in Germany. Seahawks and Ravens, another battle of two six and two teams with the Seahawks getting the win yesterday and the Ravens looking very sharp. Cowboys five and two at the Eagles seven and one. That'll be a good one. Sunday night football have the Bills five and three against the Bengals four and three and Joe Burrow dominating yesterday and they win against the Niners and then Monday night the Chargers a must needed win yesterday they took care of business blew out the Bears they are three and four they'll be at the Jets who found a way to get a win against the Giants don't know how they did it the offense was atrocious but they beat them four to three so those things all coming up next week we take a break we come back we keep you rolling right now going to the bottom of the fifth it is still Texas up by a score of three to nothing and the Raiders are on the board that's right the Raiders are on the board they get a touchdown and all of a sudden this Detroit Lions team that was looking so powerful a couple weeks ago they are five and two they come off getting lambasted by Baltimore in Baltimore by the Ravens last week and the Raiders just came up big and uh, got a touchdown from Josh Jacobs. So Raiders trail it now 9-7, to 2.56 to go in the first half. We'll keep an eye on that game throughout the night. We'll come back. We'll get you caught up on everything rolling in the world of sports. It is SportsX Radio, Monday through Friday, 6 to 8, right here, 101.5 FM Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Follow the show at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio. You miss any part of the show, follow those two handles, and the show will be tweeted right there and pinned right there at those two Twitter handles, now known, of course, as X. And then again, the Odyssey Rewind feature, the easiest way to always listen back to my show and producer Mark Hoke's show. Live from Vegas, SportsX Radio. We'll be right back. Tough to uh, cut in on uh, little Freddie Mercury. Don't stop me now. A little Queen coming back here on a Monday night. It is a big show Monday. KT Live, PSBR Law Studios with producer Mark Hoke. And it's tough to uh, bring on any guests really on Monday because the show goes so fast because there's so much to get into. And I was just looking. One of the scores I was trying to stay up on, there were actually two in the FCS football. And I saw, you know, the Hoaxers team taking care of business big time, North Dakota State. So I thought South Dakota would be a team that may be able to hang in there at home with South Dakota State, but they got buried 37-3. to And so the other game was actually a big sky game, and Montana State was in Moscow, Idaho, to take on the Vandals. And they were down early 10 nothing. They fought back. They took the lead. But I just looked, and Idaho ended up winning that game. The alma mater, of course, the, the great Jerry Kramer, who's been on the show several times. Uh, of course, played for those Green Bay Packers back in that Bart Starr frozen tundra game. And uh, Idaho wins it 24 
21. So I always uh, something going on in sports. And this time of year, I mean, literally, you can't take time to go to a wedding, basically, without at least paying attention to your phone, because that's how many things are going on in the world of sports. It's just ridiculous. So you have hockey and the Golden Knights losing on Nevada Day, but an overtime loss. So right now, 8-0-1, as they got the uh, the victory on Saturday against the LA Kings, and they are playing tonight. They are the late game at home against the Montreal Canadiens. So we'll keep an eye on that game. Again, first period action, we'll get you that uh, as we'll pay attention to all the scores. But NBA's rolling on now and, uh, you know, so much else going on. And then, of course, next week, college basketball will start. So going through the Blue Ribbon, got to have that if you're going to handicap college hoops or get involved because the Blue Ribbon is like the Bible of college basketball. So looking forward to uh, getting into college hoops. And I think Coach Kevin Kruger and UNLV going to be pretty good. I think the running Rebs are going to be good. And then, uh, of course, the lady's going to take care of business again with uh, Coach Lindy LaRock over there with the Lady Rebels. So lots going on in our backyard, but something rather disturbing as far as from the world of sports. And I was talking just briefly with my producer, Mark Hoke, off the air prior to the show. And this was going to be part of the starting five. And I'm sure, uh, you know, most of you, if you follow sports, heard about what happened with Adam Johnson. Adam Johnson, a guy that dabbled in the NHL a little bit, played 13 games for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But then a couple of years ago, transitioned over to England and was playing in the EIHL, was a member of the Nottingham Panthers. And they had a game Saturday against the Sheffield Steelers. And all I saw was, you know, emergency, this, that, reading the headlines. And I'm like, what, what is going on here? And it was so bad on the ice. They were giving him emergency treatment because the blade of another player's skate sliced his throat. And they literally emptied the arena, uh, Utilita Arena there in Sheffield, England. And there was a little more than 8,000 fans. So they were asked to leave and they did the, uh, you know, emergency medical treatment there on ice and then transported them to the uh, local hospital. And that's where uh, he passed away. Adam Johnson, 29 years of, old, uh, of age, born in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, played college hockey at Minnesota Duluth. But he passed away. And then I saw a couple other headlines, you know, from different uh, publications and whatnot that said it may not just be that innocent or an accident, you know, oh, by the way, accident that just happened and turned into, you know, a gruesome, you know, passing of, uh, of a young athlete. And so I bring in my producer, Mark Koch. And Mark, you read into this story a lot more than I did. And I know you just sent me the article, but what I had seen too was that uh, from somebody that uh, was tweeting out was saying, hey, this looks like there could be intent from a player on the opposing team. So if I could get you to weigh in on basically what you read and what you've heard and, and, and what you perceive from the whole story, that would shed a little bit more light for me. Well, I'll give a little background on Petgrieve. Booted out of two of the last four games for abusive officials and alleged spearing, uh, and was his team's top penalty minute taker, 71 minutes in 11 games. That's kind of rolling it up a little bit. Okay, so this is Matt Petgrave from the Sheffield Steelers. This is somebody that's got one of those those bad boy reputations on the ice. Uh, well, I'll, I'll just say this, Ken. He should be in jail. I'm, I'm, I'm watching this clip. The dude took his skate to at least chest level. He went to he was trying to check a guy, got around him, and then uh, Johnson came was coming towards him, 
and he just he just put skate up, man. I mean, it was like something out of figure skating. I mean, I, like wrestling. If you if you're a wrestling fan, picture a super kick, like a little low super kick, like when guy kicks a guy under the chin. Dude, that guy. There, I I don't know how everybody's calling this a tragic accident when you just come around and you lift your leg to high chest height. It's unreal. And there's a couple different versions of the clip out there. If you want to see it, there's one, there's one that's edited at the end and then the other one where, well, it's not good, but um, yeah, Ken, I, I, I don't even, there's no other way to say it. There's no way to say it. That's at least manslaughter. And and I don't know what the, the laws are in England, but it's at least manslaughter here. And, it it could be worse, and I know the police are investigating. But if you go and watch that clip, I mean, I some people are saying, "Well, it could be." No, there's no way that was an accident, right? And that's and that's what I heard from you know a couple different Twitter handles that I followed. Uh, all of a sudden, it said, "Hey, this is not what it appeared to be," because you can't grasp that somebody would have that type of intent, especially understanding if they played the sport of hockey that long how dangerous it is with the blades of those skates. And those things are sharpened, especially when you're playing at that level. Those things are sharpened, you know, after each and every game, you know, to give them the utmost uh, ability to go as fast as they can and be able to stop on a dime on those skates. So uh, they are they are weapons when used the wrong way. And, I, again, I did not see it, and I, I'm going to uh, watch it back after the show. But, my goodness, that is just that's just appalling just to even hear that and and trusting in you because I know, you know, you would say, hey, you know what? It looks like it could have been, but it doesn't appear to be. But you're saying it looks like it's definitive. I've never seen anything like that on a hockey, uh, on a hockey on ice, on a rink. That's just, um, sorry, I'm a little flustered about it because, you know, I just, I just saw the whole thing and just, my God, uh, you, you should never raise your skates when you're skating. I mean, period. No matter what you're doing, like ice skating or whatever. Um, in you know, sorry, it's just there's there's no way that guy shouldn't be in jail right now. None. Wow. Well, we'll have to see how this plays out. But how sad is this? Adam Johnson, 29 years of age, and uh, goes overseas. He actually played, uh, you know, AHL hockey over there. You're you know, Wilkes Bear over there in Pennsylvania, and then he was. Uh, AHL played for uh, the Kings and the Flyers teams as well. So uh, had had the background here, but just couldn't cut it there uh, full-time on the NHL team. So he figured he'd make some more money uh, going overseas and ended up connecting there with the Nottingham Panthers in England in the EIHL. Uh, but tragically, at age 29, loses his life to what seems to be more uh, intent than just an accident, as originally thought uh, by several that were covering it. So... Uh, very, very difficult to uh, to just hear news like that. And uh, at the end of the first half here, uh, let me just let you know, the Lions look like they're on the board. Sam Laporte, a touchdown pass, 18 yards from Jared Goff with 27 seconds to go in the first half, just making sure that stands. And uh, Detroit cancels out that touchdown that uh, Garoppolo and the Raiders put on the board. They got it from Josh Jacobs, and during the drive, 75-yard drive, the Raiders gave it to Josh Jacobs six or seven times, had a couple completions to Austin Hooper, the tight end, and then Garoppolo had a three-yard quarterback sneak on a third and one, 
And uh, Detroit comes back, back and counters that. Laporta, 18-yard touchdown reception. Patterson, extra point, up and good. 16-7 to Lions, 27 seconds left in the first half. Monday night football, Detroit 16, the Raiders 7. The Raiders will get the second half kickoff uh, to get things rolling there. Beautiful so. pass. Yeah. Beautiful uh, you know pass what? by Goff. I, I, will, I will tell you, Jared Goff, to me, I, I mean, was a guy that I really – you know, I'd given up on and just thinking this guy's this guy's done. But I mean, I like I said last week, he has impressed me big time. So very impressed by uh, Jared Goff and this Detroit team. I figured they would be out and they would be focused. A Monday night game in Detroit. It's been a long, long time. Fans are chomping at the bit, and to get whipped behind the woodshed like they did in Baltimore last week, you knew they couldn't wait to get on the field. But they were, you know, coming up short. They couldn't get any big plays to click. They ended up with three field goals, and they were fortunate they got a Raider turnover. Uh, you know, right after they turned it over on their own 22, Garoppolo, the next play, threw an interception that was picked off in the end zone. And, uh, you know, so the, the Raiders are actually hanging in there. But, you know, turnover-wise, they are, even with their uh, fumble recovery tonight, they are still tied for the least amount of takeaways in the league at six. So, you know, you can't take the ball away from the other team. You're not going to win, you know, a lot of games. You've got you to gotta create turnovers. You've got to be there. You've got to sack the quarterback tackles for loss. All that stuff comes into play. But right now, Raiders are on the short end of a 16-7 score, and we'll keep an eye on it as it rolls into the second half, probably in about 20 minutes from now. But uh, how was the Mark Hoke show and Sunday morning, baby? How was your uh, professional wrestling show this Sunday? Oh, we had a blast, Steve, and I got in a big argument. It was awesome. There you go. No, That's seriously, what it's all it was about. Fun. It was fun. We we really had a good show. We were, you know, going getting ready for WWE Crown Jewel coming up on Saturday morning. Um, that pay per view is in uh, Saudi Arabia, so it's going to be airing early on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Got an argument about wrestlers wrestlers being in a union that CM Punk brought up, and yeah, we had a great show. So um, check it out. We'd certainly appreciate that. You just want to go to markhokeshow.podbean.com. The live streams up on YouTube if you want to see us. You know, that would be fun, too. So, you know, subscribe to us on YouTube and uh, at the Podbean, and, you know, we'd appreciate it. There you go. Great stuff from my producer, Mark Hoke. Follow him at Mark Hoke Show. H-O-K-E is how you spell Hoke. Update the scores. 3 nothing. top six. Texas, game three, World Series. Uh, fought on the hill there. Brandon fought the youngster for Arizona, who's pitched very well in the postseason. And Max Scherzer started. He is not in any longer for the Texas Rangers, but the two-run homer by Corey Seager, Open things up after Simeon got a run home on a single. So three nothing, Texas leading Arizona. That total was nine and a half, and Texas went off a minus one thirteen. Let me. Uh, yeah, and they're threatening. Some, they're they're threatening right now. It's uh, top of the six. Castro is now okay. on for Arizona, and they've got first and second uh, one out. All right, with, well, uh, Gar- with can, uh, Garver up. There you go. Limit the damage, but uh, it's a pesky Texas team that is eight and zero on the road in the postseason this year. That is a phenomenal stat, Mark. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, if you were them, you almost wish you didn't have home field. You know, you get, get four games on the road and you're undefeated. That sounds like a win to me. Yep, <laughs> and that was it. That was the thing when they were playing the Astros. Everybody's like, oh, but the Astros are great on the road. They don't win at home, but they're winning on the road. And so the worst thing may have been on that final day of the regular season, the Astros winning, the Texas Rangers losing in Seattle, 
and the Astros win the division. So when they connect and play Texas, they had the home field advantage, which meant they would have four games in Houston. Only three would be in Arlington. Yes, the Astros won the three in Arlington, but they lost all four in H-Town. My Un- goodness, that's unbelievable. Crazy. Yeah, this is this is going to be a fun series. Game one was obviously just a barn burner. You know, down 5-3, Bob, and the ninth seeker gets the two-ring-dinger, and then uh, Garcia knocks one out in the 11th to win. And boy, is that guy... That is a postseason for the ages. Can you believe that guy was available free agent a couple of years ago, Ken? Yeah, no, oh, surprising. Yes, man. Could crazy. you? Everybody just passed on the guy. That's crazy. I think he was in the let's say the Cardinal system. I'm not sure. I'll have to double check that. But yeah, what? Yeah, when that, I was when I was downtown uh, by Chase Field today, early this morning, uh, over there in Phoenix, got some pictures, tweeted out a little video, and all of a sudden I'm there and they have the you know the street closed off and stuff over by chase fields so people could just walk around and get pictures and whatnot and all of a sudden i see this guy walking towards me and he's got the full-on orioles jersey on boy. and i'm like hold on i go stop for a second i go i go no no move your arms so i got the picture for you i go hey my producer's the big so we started talking i said and the oriole magic so he goes i know that song of course I go, yeah i got I, I, so I said, and a younger guy and i said i said yeah but uh i said yeah i remember uh, the orioles jingle i said i called it a jingle i said my producer's like that's an anthem and i was like oh okay all right got reprimanded right there and so he goes yeah i know that song man and so i told him the story how we started playing it towards you know, the second in the second half of last year, because I'm thinking the Orioles are going to win some games, but not too many. And uh, lo and behold, they closed nicely, had a great second half. But then we did it again this year, and they uh, busted through. I said I thought that they'd win probably about 85 games, but for them to hit 101 games, my goodness, my whole audience knows all about that Orioles anthem, the Orioles magic song. So we got, we get, was, I, I need one stuff. more. I need one more, Ken. Uh, you know what? I'll you got to wait, man. No, you can't, Come man. on. Can't do it, man. You're not play- when you get swept. When you get when you get swept, I can't. I can't do it, man. It's I'll play just, your Mets song. I, no, it's it's good. No, no, they they deserve nothing. The Mets deserve nothing. The Orioles <laughs> will wait for will wait for next year because I have a feeling that team's going to be lethal, and uh, they might they might win 110 games next year with that squad. Oh, man, so, I'll tell you, and, we'll and see. there's a lot of people speculating on what they're going to do in the off season if they're going to try and. Make any free age in free agent acquisitions, and of course, you know the the key to it is is owner John Angelos willing to open up the checkbook a little bit. There's guys out there that would really push this team over the top. Of course, they've got a lot of prospects available to them too. So this is going to be a you know it's it's a really fascinating situation with so many great guys down on the farm, and you know probably and I, honestly I don't think any of the guys that are free agents are going to resign. You know Flaherty and Hicks and Frazier and all those guys, they're, I don't think they're, any of them are going to be coming back. So <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do, but it's it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, no doubt. Real quick before we take our final break, let me update uh, for you folks that may have players involved in the Monday night fantasy leagues or whatnot. But it's uh, Detroit, Jared Goff, 20 of 26, 225 yards, has a touchdown, no interceptions, has yet to be sacked. Amon Ross St. Brown did get sacked on an end around uh, where they were going to try and, uh, you know, have him throw a pass, but he ended up getting sacked. So there is a sack for that Raider defense. Uh, Jameer Gibbs has 12 carries, 35 yards, and Craig Reynolds, two for 13. Receiving-wise, good to see Amon Ross St. Brown back in the lineup. Five receptions, 94 yards leading the way. And Sam Laporte, if you have him as your tight end, six for 44, but the touchdown reception from Goff. So that is key. Uh, Josh Reynolds did lose a fumble just in case you're playing him. 
they only have one tackle for loss, the defense, but, but Anzalone came up with a couple big tackles, uh, one to prevent a first down on a Garoppolo run early on. Uh, he's fun to watch, the kid out of Iowa, no doubt. As far as for the Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo, 3 of 8 for 31 yards and an interception. Absolutely pathetic. Now, he has rushed twice for 12 yards, and Josh Jacobs, 12 carries for 50 yards and a touchdown. There's your offense. You do have the two receptions by Austin Hooper for 19 yards. Jacobs has one reception for 12 yards, so there's your 31 right there. On defense, the one sack is for Nate Hobbs. It's good to see him back in the lineup. Uh, Max Crosby has four tackles, three solo, but it's Trayvon Merrick. My man from the secondary coming up big, seven tackles, six of those solo. The only tough thing is when you see that your top two tacklers are secondary guys, kind of bums you out because that means those running backs or those players are getting into the secondary for things to happen. Take our final break, come back, wrap up our number one, SportsX Radio 101.5 FM, Dawn streaming live on the Odyssey app. By the way, Lions up 16-7 at the half over the Raiders. Keeping an eye on everything, rocking and rolling. We'll get into all the sports throughout the next hour. We are live from Vegas, PSBR Law Studios. Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke. We'll be right back. Hour number two coming up after the final segment. Coming right up. back to Leaf Garrett. Mark Hoke's been in the hits here on a Monday night. Big show Monday. KT Live, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. Uh, PSBR Law, the best in personal injury in SoCal for a long time now here in the Vegas Valley. Year number four. Middle of the sixth. Texas uh, 3-0 over Arizona. Arizona already won out in the bottom of the sixth. Uh, no, they are out now, so we're going to the seventh. As uh, the Diamondbacks did get a man on. Uh, but then an out there by Marino to end the inning. So through six, and Jonathan Gray is in there now. Scherzer started for the Rangers, but Jonathan Gray, man, when he's in a groove, he's tough. And uh, right now, Arizona up against it. They have three hits. Uh, you know, the last one went off Simeon's glove and uh, probably should have been an out, almost like the he looked at it like oh, it was the webbing broken on, on the glove because I should have had that. And I don't know if they gave him an error, but I think they may have given him a hit. So uh, they have two or three hits. But it is, uh, so far, Texas taking care of business. 3 nothing. good solid pitching. And the two-run homer by Corey Seager after the base hit, the RBI base hit by Marcus Simeon. And uh, 3 nothing lead for Texas as they look to take a two-games-to-one lead over the Diamondbacks, would assure, which would assure Texas that things would go back to Arlington. But again, if they win tonight, the Rangers, they're like, hey, we don't need to go back home except for the parade because we'll be 9-0 and on the road in the postseason, and there's still two more games in Phoenix, Arizona coming up so we'll see how everything pans out sports x radio as we uh, wrap up our number one let me just go and uh, get you caught up on a couple things uh, another thing in baseball always want to get this out there of course i'm good friends with roberto clemente jr love that guy and what love what i love what his dad stood for and uh they give out the roberto clemente award each and every year in major league baseball uh it's for character community involvement and philanthropy and today the winner was Aaron Judge, which I know will make Brian Panish uh, of PSBR Law, the senior partner, happy because Fresno State guy. And Aaron Judge, my my sister Val's favorite player. She's a big Yankee fan. Uh, Judge is the fourth Yankee to ever win the Roberto Clemente Award. Uh, Ron Guidry back in 84, Don Baylor in 85, who also played with the Orioles and the Angels. And then uh, Derek Jeter did it in 2009. And Judge is a five-time All-Star. And, of course, the 2022 
AL MVP, but he established his All Rise Foundation in 2018, and that supports youth in New York and California, San Joaquin Valley and Fresno counties near his home. So good stuff, and congratulations to Aaron Judge because there are many players that have won a lot of awards in Major League Baseball that will say, you know what, the most prestigious award I ever won was that Roberto Clemente Award because, again, for character, community involvement, and philanthropy, and uh, that's what it's all about, giving back and helping others. So congratulations to Aaron Judge. All right, real quick, uh, duck in some scores. Hour number two, Mark Hoke and I, we're going to talk a lot of football. We'll go back and review some stuff, but let me get you caught up on what's going on. And, of course, the Raiders' second half will be going on, and I'll keep you updated on the World Series game as well. Uh, second half about to get underway. Again, Lions up 16-7 on the Raiders. Raiders getting that second half kickoff. Uh, Bulls 112-105. They win in Indiana. They were three-and-a-half-point dogs. Game stays under the total. Nets, they win in uh, Charlotte. Beat the Hornets 133-121. They were one-and-a-half-point favorites. They win it by 12. Total 227-and-a-half. Game flies over. Celtics 126-107. They beat the Wizards by 19, but they were up like 37 in this game. They were just killing them. And uh, Celtics laying 10.5, no problem with the cover there. And how about the total was 232. It hits 233, 126-107. The final Trailblazers, a road win in Toronto, 99-91. They were plus 10 point-wise. They didn't need it. They win by 8, total 216.5. They caught the Raptors sleepwalking. Game stays well under the total. Nice little money line payout there if you had Portland. 127-113, the Hawks at home trip up Minnesota. They were actually two-point home dogs. They win it by 14 game does get over the 227 and a half as well as it hits 240 thunder right now third quarter they lead the pistons 80 to 66 340 to go in that third quarter mavs in uh memphis right now leading the grizz fourth quarter just underway 97 86 mavs up by 11 they were one point dogs in this game total 223 102 to 80 warriors up 22 big ones in the bayou over the pelicans 10 10 to go in the fourth quarter pelicans were two and a half point favorites total 220 and a half in that one bucks 97 73 the combination of Giannis, of course with dame lillard after three they lead the miami heat 97 to 73 up 24 big ones they're minus eight totals 225 and a half and a 10 point lead for the defending champion mile high city kids the nuggets 43 33 leading utah 530 to go in the second quarter, Magic and Lakers will be the finale, and it is Orlando catching two and a half from the LA Lakers. LA minus two and a half total, two nineteen and a half, and again still three nothing top seven Texas on top of Arizona as they bat on the ice. Bunch of games going two two Rangers in Winnipeg four oh five to go third period from Manitoba Rangers playing pretty well on the road this road trip uh, Islanders in Detroit all tied at two with eight thirty to go third period and also tied at two Columbus and Dallas so three games going all tied at two that Columbus Dallas game third period a minute and a half in Chicago's coming up at Arizona in about ten minutes from now uh, Arizona minus one eighty four total of six and Montreal here in the uh, Vegas Valley. Uh, playing at the Fortress against the Golden Knights. Golden Knights minus 250, 6.5 is your total. And I'll keep you updated on all the games that are rolling. They are underway third quarter, about a minute in against 16-7. Lions leading the Raiders. And uh, that's it for hour number one. SportsX Radio in the books. Ken Thompson and producer Mark Hoke. I'll get you caught up on the finals from the NHL. And there, uh, there are four of those. In fact, let me duck them in. Carolina 3-2 beat Philly 3-2 Boston. Aged Florida, 4-3 Anaheim skates past Pittsburgh. Same 4-3 score, Seattle knocks off Tampa Bay. And the other game's all tied at two, although Detroit's just taking a 3-2 lead over the Islanders. Hour number one in the books, Ken Thompson, Mark Oak. We're live from the Vegas Valley, baby. Keep it right here, 101.5 FM K-Dawn. Streaming live on that Odyssey app. You're listening to SportsX Radio.
Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Ah, KT, hour number two, rocking and rolling, and the Raiders rocking and rolling. I mean, you talk about how a game can change. Remember they went out and grabbed Marcus Peters. What does that guy do? Well, throughout his career... He's always been an opportunistic defensive player that stepped in front, gotten interceptions, and taken them to the house every now and then. He did just that just a few minutes ago. 16-7, to Lions were up nine. They were on the Raiders' 28-yard line, a second and six, and Goff throws the interception. It was intended for Amon Ross St. Brown. Peters picks it off at the 25, goes 75 yards, extra point from Carlson, up and good. Detroit 16, the Raiders 14. Things change in a second. So when you look at the box score, right, I mean, here's Detroit. They've got, uh, you know, 300 yards of offense. The Raiders got 100, but somehow it's a two-point game, 16-14. to 14. Boy, I'm telling you, that's the old 14-point swing. Potentially, instead of Detroit going in for a, you know, potential 23-7 to 7 lead, it's now 16-14. to 14. So a new ball game, 11-32 still to go in the third quarter. Monday night football from the Motor City, first time in a long time. Ken Thompson, Mark Hoke, we'll keep you updated as the game rolls on through. Uh, got you everything caught up scoreboard-wise and uh, paying attention now to the uh, World Series game, which is, of course, uh, Texas Rangers in Game 3 right here uh, on the West Coast and uh, in Phoenix leading 3 to nothing over the Diamondbacks. Uh, Diamondbacks had a man on second with one out last I saw and uh, trying to get on the scoreboard but have not been able to do that as of yet, and have two outs now with Alec Thomas at the plate. Uh, Tommy Pham got a double to right center with one out, but that is it. Uh, So far, he is still there, and Alec Thomas trying to get things done. And Alec Thomas, to me, is the reason that Arizona's in the World Series. He's the catalyst. He's the guy that basically got them off the mat in uh, the series with Philadelphia. Uh, Pinch running and scoring from first on a uh, ball to the opposite field that ended up being a double, but he scored from first base, which was a key run. And then he got that two-run pinch hit home run that went into the pool in Chase Field. That was big as well. So Alec Thomas has been a big part of this Diamondbacks team, youngster. Uh, they've got a bunch of youngsters, no question, and a team that loves to run the bases. But they're in some trouble tonight because they are not hitting the ball as of now. And again, 3 nothing. Texas taking care of business in Phoenix and uh, so we'll pay attention to that game, but we'll also be paying attention to this Raiders game, 16-14, to 14, and Detroit going to get the ball back. So Goff and the offense right back on the field. But one of the biggest takeaways by the Raiders in the last several years, a takeaway, uh, taking it to the house, Marcus Peters. And if they come back to win this game, they could get to 4-4 four and four and really turn their season around. And a play like that sometimes can be uh, the catalytic play that uh, comes through and changes things. So we'll see how things pan out. KT along with producer Mark Hoke and Mark, plenty of action yesterday in the NFL. And again, your Philadelphia Eagles, 
You know, when you guys take on a team like, uh, you know, that Washington Commanders team that knows you so well, those games are always within a touchdown. They are just, it doesn't matter how good you are. Even last year, the only loss for Hurts in the regular season was to the Commanders. And what a crazy fourth quarter. 21-14, to 14, the Eagles outscore the Commanders 38-31. Who'd have thunk the game would be that high scoring? But you'll take it. Nonetheless, you go to 4-1 and away from home, away from Philly, and 7-1 and overall in the NFC East. Can we gave them one late in the fourth quarter. It's all good. Come on, we were up two touchdowns. They scored with a minute to go. So, not as close as it looked. We're good. And we're probably, you know, the Eagles are probably the best team in the NFL right now. Yeah, well, I mean, look, Washington led it 17-10 at the half. So, you well, know, like I said, I mean, you it's know, like, we're being nice. Yeah, you, I know. Are you going to be nice to Dallas next Sunday? No. Did you hear, by the way, what Dak Prescott said today? I did not. God. I Here, okay. I, I got to read this because I, I, I do a little piece on the bet, one of our, our sister stations, and um, mentioned this. So Jerry Jones said he didn't want to poke the bear, and Dak Prescott said, are you ready for this? I don't believe what you just said, Jerry. Pour honey on me. I always say that. If you see me and a bear in a fight, pour honey on me so you can poke it. Wow. And just went on to say Philly's a great team. That's not going to work out for him very well, Ken. I don't even know what to say. Number one, it's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard a quarterback say in my life. And then you're saying that to the Eagles. In an Eagles-Cowboys game. Ken, that's, that's probably worth a touchdown. All you betters out there, get your jar of honey. Put it by your, put it right there on the table. You know, I, you know, if you get some crackers to go with it or whatever, you know, just write Dak on your cracker, you know, and then just watch the Eagles turn it into like a slot machine. It's going to be beautiful, Ken. It will. That is classic. And I just asked our youngest daughter, I'm like, are you, cause she goes, oh, I have to work tomorrow. I said, well, you're going to dress up anyway. She goes, yeah, I'm going to probably be Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and there I am back with the honey poking the bear. So, Not uh, smart. Uh, Have you yeah. heard something? I mean, we've we've heard NFL players say dumb things, right, over the years. Right. That's got to be in your top five, Ken. It's got to. Pour honey well, on me? Yeah, pour uh, honey on me. little Def Leppard back in the day. Yeah, it's like sugar, pour some but, sugar on me, but they yeah. were cool. Dak's not cool. He's a cowboy. Uh, you and you and Stephen A. Smith uh, think alike, no question. Anti-cowboy no, guys, for sure. Well, that part, maybe. That's just, I don't know. I'm ready for Trey Lance to take over the reins. Just do it. There you go. Just do it. There you go. That's that's what you're, there's a motive there for that North Dakota State Bison guy to get the uh, starting gig over there. I'd be all right with it. They'll be all right with it, too. Well, let me get into uh, some of these games, though, as we keep an eye on. uh, Detroit will have a big uh, fourth and probably half a yard to go as they're driving in Raider territory around the 35, somewhere like that, 33-yard line. So we'll keep an eye big fourth down coming up. But the Cowboys did lay waste to the Rams, did a nice job. And Prescott had four touchdowns, threw a pick, uh, but pretty decent job there. And C.D. Lamb, 12 receptions, 158, and a couple touchdowns. You know, and it, you would think at some point Jerry Jones would figure out that all his team has been doing the last 20-some-odd years is beating mid-level to bad teams, right? They'll get to the playoffs, they'll be solid, but something's not right. 
and usually it's a, you know some coaching errors, shaky quarterback play. I mean, yeah, they, they took the Rams out. I mean, but the Rams are a young team that's kind of you know middle of the road. They should have beaten the Rams. So you know, just when the big boys come into town, we'll see if they can do it. All righty. Uh, Vikings 24-10, and, of course, the big oh. news. We talked about it earlier. Kirk Cousins out for the year. He had thrown for 274 and a couple touchdowns before he went out. And, uh, you know, the the Achilles, man. I mean, and sometimes I'm telling you, you know, you get up there in age and all of a sudden you like you feel like the back area by the back of your bottom of your leg, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me just slow down here and stretch out because I do not want to ever tear the Achilles and uh, we've seen Aaron Rodgers go down with that, and now Kirk Cousins. So a couple uh, big-time quarterbacks. And how about six start or six backup quarterbacks uh, started this weekend, but 13 overall have already played. That is a lot of backups. That's why you better have yourself a decent backup quarterback, Mark Oak. Yeah, and you know I was looking over the standings on Saturday, and I was I was ready to kind of pencil in Minnesota as a playoff team. Now I don't know how you can do it. Without Cousins in there, you know Jefferson's been down, and you know I mean that that win against the Niners two weeks ago to me said, okay, this team, this year's Vikings team may be for real in terms of being a, a decent team. They're mm-hmm. done. I mean, well, I won't say they're done. It it depends who they can pick up, but I will say this: well, I have- was reading the list, and you know, there's a guy that's not doing anything up in Bismarck, North Dakota, right now that would probably be cheered like a king in Minnesota. Just saying. Oh, Wentz went back to Bismarck? I, I'm guessing he's probably hanging out there. You know, it's good hunting time, Ken. Yeah. You know? There you go. All right, we'll see if Carson Wentz gets back in there. I'm sure somebody will make a call, but uh, Jaron Hall, the youngster from BYU, is the heir apparent. They still have Mullins uh, on the practice squad, so they'll elevate him up to the team as well, and he knows the system there for the Vikings who go to 4-4, four and four, and the Packers drop to 2-5. and five Oh, and man. Woeful. I mean, this is a team. I thought Jordan Love was really going to be better than he is, and, and this, this team looks atrocious, and I thought getting Aaron Jones back, you know, they'll be okay there because then you have Jones and Dylan. How about Jones, 29 yards rushing. Dylan, six carries for 11 yards. I mean, Love rushed four times for 34 yards, threw for 229 and a touchdown, but 10 points, not going to cut it. You it's know, just it's just not there. There's not enough skill players on that team. The O line is not playing well for them. I mean, it's 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 just it's not there for Green Bay this year. And they're gonna, you know, it's funny when everybody's oh I can't wait. Aaron Rodgers is gonna be out of here. Good, 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 good. And it's, yeah, I bet even though even if he wasn't hurt, I bet you'd be pretty happy to have him in there right now. And it to me that just goes to show how good he was carrying that team, especially the last couple of years. I mean, I know that they didn't you know, get to the Super Bowl or anything, but that shows to me that Aaron Rodgers is the man. That's it. You know, they, 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 he, they rode him all the way, and now he's gone. So look what happened. Well, a crazy play has just happened. Detroit, again, inside the five-yard line and trying to get a first down. Max Crosby reaches into a pile. Speaking of, like, Winnie the Pooh burrowing to get some honey, I mean, this is crazy, but Crosby goes in there and just reaches down, and you see him lift his two arms up. Next thing you know, you see the ball pop up, and the Raiders have the ball. This is unbelievable. A team that could not get takeaways. They've got a pick six for 75 yards, and if this stands, 
they're going to stymie Detroit again, this Lions team that has gone up and down the field but can't get anything. They have three field goals, and they got the one touchdown right before the half. But they looked like they were going to go in on their first drive in the third quarter, got to the Raider 28, and then the pick six happened. And now they come back, and they're driving all the way down there inside the five-yard line, and it looks like a fumble. Uh, we're waiting to see if they indeed rule it as a fumble. Uh, but it's listed right now as 16-14, to 14. And I'm just waiting for, uh, you know, everything to uh, go on right now. The play is under review at the, from the Las Vegas three-yard line. So we're waiting to see exactly if momentum was stopped or what, because uh, I'm watching it with no sound. So I, I have no idea. But all of a sudden, I saw Max Crosby, like, reach into this pile literally of, uh, of humanity and just pull his two arms up, and the ball came popping up. And then he took the ball, and he actually started, you know, running with it towards the uh the opposing i mean to the other end zone and uh you know then they they blew it dead i guess and uh so i'm trying to see what's going on but this is a crazy play so we'll see because the lions are on a 71 yard drive the last 508 and had gotten it to the vegas three yard line so again we're waiting on clarification now why the play is under review and if the raiders get this ball here this is going to change this game big time because uh right now detroit just cannot uh, put the Raiders away, and the Raiders are hanging in there. Stat-wise, again, they're being outgained, you know, 3-1. to one, But it doesn't matter. It's what's up on the scoreboard. 16-14 right now, and again, play under review. So we'll see exactly what the ruling is. Uh, Ken Thompson, and they, uh, let me see, the ruling on the field stand, they're saying. Play stands is called. There you go. So. Yeah, I, I was watching the baseball game for you, Ken, so I, I didn't see no, what that's happened okay. here, but what? Oh, it's just that's yeah, so, that's just a mess. Whatever, it's all good. <laughs> wow, that that is some crazy stuff. So, ruling on the field was a fumble, and uh, so the Raiders get the ball back. That is absolutely crazy. They get it on their own two yard line. Max Crosby, of course, remember played his college ball at Eastern Michigan, and uh, going back home. And this is crazy. So Tillery is there, and they're showing right now. Uh, you know, just a just a pile, and it, it is really hard to see. But the only person you actually see that's down is Tillery, and then you see a knee that could be down, but Tillery's back is kind of blocking it. So they must have said there was not, uh, you know, indisputable evidence. Uh, so they they kept it the way it was on the field. And I, I real I don't that's think that's the right call. call. I that's think it's terrible. a terrible call too. Yeah, I, I do, but the Raiders will take it right wow. now, but I do. I agree with you. Uh, I think it's a oh. bad call. You know, so. I, I swear to God, Ken, if Detroit was – if the Lions were in, say, Omaha you know, or maybe Poughkeepsie, you know, Sioux Falls, they'd probably be have won like seven world championships at oh, this point. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I, think it's a, I think it's just a curse. I think yeah, it's a you're, Detroit you're, curse. You're, you know what? It's unreal because they just showed the other angle, and it looked like – he was down. Wow. Man, it looks like he had been bad. control. Just bad officiating this year. So, yeah, uh, boy, that'll be a tough one for Detroit to swallow. 16-14, 4.57 to go. The Raiders have the ball third and four from their own nine-yard line. Somehow, some way, they got that ball. And uh, everything going against Detroit, a 75-yard pick six when it looked like they were going to go up 23-7. So Chris Wynn and his Lions, man, this is a team that, you know, is just uh, – Three uh, to Devontae Adams. So the Raiders get, are going to punt it right back. It's fourth and four from their own nine, but they avert disaster 
Uh, and now they'll have to give the ball back. So 16-14, 4-18 to go in the third quarter. Somehow the Raiders are within two points. And again, they only have 112 yards of offense as opposed to 363 for the Detroit Lions. So wow. a couple couple key turnovers, or three turnovers now for Detroit. They've lost two fumbles and the pick six. Turn it over with a pick or with an interception in the end zone. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, was looking for Devonte Adams early on, but that's uh, that's where we are as far as that game goes. And lots of NFL, you know, good games coming up. I talked about. Well, I shouldn't say a lot, but I I talked about a couple of the games coming up this week. And also, oh. you've got Seahawks and Ravens, two six and two teams. So four six and two teams right there in those two games. There you go. And KT, by the way, we're losing your internet connection a little bit. I would suggest let's go to break and uh, reconnect and come back and do our thing. That's what we'll do. Live from Vegas, 101.5 FM, K-Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. We'll be right back. Baby Van Halen with Sammy Hagar at the lead. Uh, Garcia, by the way, ended up leaving the game for Texas. Arizona batting now in the bottom of the eighth. That did not look good. Look, kind of looked like he was holding the hip, almost like a, like one of those hip pointers. Uh, you know, that kind of looked like a possibly an oblique to me. He was holding. He was holding kind of fairly above his waist, kind of off the you know, on the side. That boy, and if that's an oblique. <laughs> he's he's either going to be sitting down or he's going to be taking a few shots the next uh, three or four games. So there you go. But boy, All they right, can't well, lose him. Now leadoff double in the bottom half of the eighth inning for Arizona as they uh, try to get something going. They have no runs so far and uh, Perdomo up right now. So we'll see if indeed Arizona can get off the mat there. They the crowd did, rather basically. quiet. There you go. There you're right. Perdomo, he has been solid. Uh, a lot of these guys, you don't know who they are, but you're going to get to know them, kind of like your Orioles, young team and a team that's going to be around for a while. And uh, Roldis Chapman on the hill, giving up the uh, base hit there, and the Diamondbacks are on the board. So it is three to 3-1 Texas, and tying run will be coming to the plate with nobody out in the bottom of the eighth inning. 3-1 to one Texas leads. Meanwhile, Detroit, uh, pass interference call on Robertson of the Raiders. So the Lions, again, trying to... Uh, uh, cash in against the Raiders. They've turned it over a few times. Uh, again, if you saw the box score, you'd think Detroit would be up by 25 points, but they're up by two right now, 16 to 14. Uh, let's make and it more. There you go. I'm a long a- rushing touchdown for Jameer Gibbs, 27-yarder. Yeah, Gibbs coming in and uh, playing because Montgomery's still out for the Lions, but that's a big-time touchdown right there. So 22-14, to 14 extra point pending, 313 to go in the third. If you have the over in this game, you're looking pretty good. Didn't look so good after the first quarter, just 3 nothing Detroit. But right now, uh, things trending in that way, Mr. Hoke. And uh, we were talking about your Eagles. Uh, some of the other wild games yesterday, and there were some good ones. How about Denver taking out Kansas City? Oh. We had a couple big teams go down, but you know what? Sean Payton, they looked like they were under control yesterday. That was a pretty solid game by Denver, the best game they've played under their new coach. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I got to tell you, you you can't – I mean, Denver's so far in the hole, you can't imagine them coming back. 
But if you're the Chiefs, a Chiefs fan, you've got to be just nervous. They have not been scoring points this year, like you would expect. And you know, not having Tyreek Hill there is really stinging them. And it's not that they're playing badly, but it's it's just not. You know, Ken, you just got to feel it's not. It's not something's just a little off. You know what I mean? And the defense is playing well, and it's a shame if they're if they were you know had their pinball machine offense going like they usually have, they'd probably be killing everybody right now. But man, it's just something's not right with that team. There you go, staying within themselves, no doubt. I mean, Russell Wilson only twelve of nineteen for one fourteen, but three touchdown passes, no interceptions. He was sacked six times, but they still win the game. Got one fifty three on the ground, including eighty five from Javante Williams. Uh, pretty solid team effort there by the Broncos. And holding Kansas City to nine points. I can't remember the last time the Chiefs got held under double digits. But Mahomes threw for 241. No touchdowns and two interceptions. And I'm sure some fantasy football players were surprised by that effort right there. Uh, Kelsey, six receptions for 58 yards. But uh, that was it. He was the leading guy. Rasheed Rice had four for 56. But uh, pretty impressive defensive effort by the Denver Broncos. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I think, you know, way too way too far down in the standings to have any um, any realistic chance of coming back. But well, it's kinda nice to see, you know, they get a little effort there. You know, sometimes it takes a, a new coach a little bit of time to figure out what he's got and especially when it's kind of a shaky roster. But you know, if there's a guy in the NFL to do it, it's Sean Payton. So we'll yeah, we'll see if they can find their way back a little bit. And maybe get to six or seven wins, but I don't know. I still think they're a bad team. Yeah, well, they got that W. They'll uh, have that to hang uh, their hat on. They had lost how many, 17 in a row, or what was it, 14, 15? I forget how many in a row to Kansas City. And uh, they get that monkey off their back. So that was a big-time win for the Denver Broncos. They'll take it. Told you the Eagles beat the Commanders 38-31. How about Carolina, the last of the winless teams, gets a last-second field goal, and they win it 15-13 against the Houston Texans. And that was a game that Houston thought, hey, this is going to put us up over 500 in the AFC South, keep some pressure on Jacksonville. But got to give Carolina credit. They uh, took care of business. Bryce Young, 235 and a touchdown, but his first win at the NFL level. Yeah, and there's just not a lot in the cabinet there in Carolina. No, but a good win. I mean, but another, you know, Houston's a team that, you know, you're, this is kind of what you should expect from them too. I mean, they're, they've been playing out of their heads a little bit, Ken, because I really thought they were going to be just pathetic this year too. And they're, they're playing okay. But, you know, when you have a young team, you're going to gack one off like that every once in a while. And there it was. There you go. Meanwhile, Seattle, a good solid game with the Cleveland Browns and they get the last touchdown. They win it 24 to 20. Geno Smith. Uh, you know, doing what he does. And, you know, he threw a couple interceptions, but a couple touchdown passes as well. And uh, they end up knocking off the Browns 24-20. to 20. So good, solid effort by the Seahawks to go. Uh, they're actually 5-2. and two. I'm sorry. I, I yeah. think I had them down to 6-2, and two, but I think they've had their bye already. Yeah, they're 5-2. Yeah. and two, But they're in first place. Yep. Past the Niners. That's, that's the next one I was going to get to because we talk about the Chiefs going down, but the Niners. How about this team sitting at 5-0 and oh and – you know, pretty much number one in everybody's power rankings, and now all of a sudden they have dropped three in a row. I mean, Purdy threw for 365 and a touchdown, but a couple interceptions, and uh, they just couldn't cash in when they needed to. They were going up and down the field, but just couldn't get hit pay dirt there. Kittle had nine receptions for 149, but the Bengals coming off the bye and Joe Burrow and company taking care of business, and all of a sudden you look up, and that AFC North 
everybody over 500 in that division. You talked about it before the beginning of the year. Of the year. You said this will be the best division in football. Yeah, and you know now that uh, Burrow's healthy again and healed up, look out, baby. Here they come. I, I, I still think that on both sides of the ball right now, they are – they are probably the best team in the AFC. I, I don't care they're 4-3 and three right now. I mean, there's injuries and weren't playing well the first couple of games of the season and we're just out of sync. But I, I, nobody – do you, do you if you're an AFC team, you want to play them in the playoffs? Any of it, Anybody? No, no. way. No yep. way. I, I, if they can find a way to win the division and get, you know, get some home field games too – because nobody's really stretching them. I mean, you know, Miami's I think Miami's at six and two, if I'm correct. You know, so they're sitting up there and they'd have to chase them down to get home field all the way. But at least if they could get you know, if they could get to the number two seed, which, you know, is very possible. Watch out for those Bengals, man. My my Philly Cincy Super Bowl called it. There you Stay go. All right, it. we'll see. We'll see. You know, Stay it's still plenty it. of football, plenty of football to go. Twenty three fourteen Lions, Raiders go three and out, Garoppolo gets sacked, they punt it back to Detroit. A heck of a pump by A.J. Cole, who's been very, very consistent. You have he and Carlson, uh, two of the best on any one team as far as kicking game in the NFL. So the Lions get it back on their own 11-yard line, 107 to go third quarter. Lions 23, Raiders 14. Talking a little NFL review. Uh, Titans, how about that? Will Levis, 238 and four touchdown passes, makes his debut, and he'll be starting again this week. You can bet on Thursday night football when the Titans go to Pittsburgh. How about 28-23? They beat the Falcons. But that is a heck of a debut for Levis. And you know who was the beneficiary? All Mr. Hopkins, uh, wide receiver. Four receptions, 128, and three touchdown catches. So uh, that was big. And uh, then you had Derrick Henry. King Henry had 22 carries for 101. My goodness, if Tennessee gets offense going like that, their defense is good enough to keep them in most games. But what a debut for Will Levis. Absolutely. But, Ken, you know what really carried the Titans for the day. You know what the biggest factor was in their victory. Was no. it Tanny Hill didn't play? No, it was the uniforms. They busted oh, the out old, the Houston yep. Oiler yes, uniforms, baby. Know. You know, and that, that that's big time. They went back to the Love You Blue, uh, uh, the old powder blue Houston uh, Houston Oiler uniforms. But I think they were told today by the league they cannot wear those any longer. Oh, no. Because they're still a Houston franchise. The that's Texans. a bogosity. I know, I know. It's, but, yeah. That's I'm Roger Goodell. A, you know, that guy's a toad. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a piece of sludge! God, and they, and they gave him a new contract too. Yeah, oh, but, nobody can have any fun. Sorry. Yep. No, you can't. No, you, but you but, sure can't send any emails uh, that uh, say anything about him, or you're going to be out of the league, as uh, John Gruden found out. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. But but as for Will Levis, you know, it's a wait and see on that. But yeah, you know, they needed a shot in the arm. Just the the offense was going nowhere. And, you know, Derrick Henry's spinning his wheels trying to get going every game because there was just no help. But, you know, we'll see if Lev- what Levis can do. It'll, I'm, I'm sure he's going to start next week, and we'll see what happens. And I will tell you this, that I think that Atlanta, the Falcons, who are sitting at 4-4, four and four, I think they're going to go with Taylor Heineke for a while now. Uh, he came in and relieved Des Ritter. And uh, how about, you know, 175 and a touchdown, no interceptions. Ritter was sacked five times. And uh, was 8 of 12 for 71 yards. So his pass completions, I mean, he's got a nice completion ratio. But, you know, his pass reception, you know, completions are like, you know, 6 yards, 7 yards. 
And uh, Taylor Heineke's got some experience. I think he's the guy that may be able to lead that offense. You have Bijan Robinson in Algier, decent running game. And there's some receivers there. Uh, London Pitts is an outstanding young tight end. Mac Collins is over there. They have Van Jefferson now, Scott Miller. Uh, we know that guy, you know, could pick him up, put him down. Could Daryl Hodge, the youngster. So there's some players over there. And I think uh, don't count out Atlanta yet in that NFC South, which is, you know, one of those divisions that's up for grabs. But I think Taylor Heineke might be the right guy to lead that offense. So we will see. But uh, it is good news for Tennessee Titans fans that they found a quarterback potentially. Again, it's only one game, but got to be excited. Will Levis throwing for 238 and four touchdowns, no interceptions. So that's a big win there for the Tennessee Titans. SportsX Radio, Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke, uh, updating the Lions are uh, at their own 29-yard line, a second and three when they come back to start the fourth quarter because after three they are up 23-14. to 14. Moving on down as far as the NFL, the Saints taking out the Colts 38-27. to 27. Derek Carr, a solid game, threw for 3-10 and a couple touchdowns. And uh, Shahid, big game, three receptions, 153 and a touchdown there for the Saints. But a nice second half by New Orleans. They outscore the Colts 17-7 to win it by 11, 38-27. They even their record up at 4-4. and And that's the first time, really, we've seen the Saints kind of click on all cylinders as far as the offense, where uh, Derek Carr threw for 310, a couple touchdowns. He only got sacked one time for four yards. And then the ground game got rolling for 161 on the ground between Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, and Jamal Williams. Very impressive there by New Orleans. Yeah, the the Saints are going to go as Derek Carr goes. I mean, that to me, there's just no question about that. They they have the def- you know some pretty a solid defensive team. They've got the weapons. It's just a matter of can it, what Derek Carr is going to do. It it opens up the running game for them if he's playing well. He's got people that he can he can fire to. So it's just you know it, if Derek plays well, they're they're going to be okay. But if when you know if he goes out and you know, does a you know 175 yard performance not going to happen? So, it's all on his shoulders for the Saints. If you know they they, it it should be them in Tampa in the division. I'm still not I I'm not sold on Atlanta at all. So we'll see. Yeah, tough uh, tough go of it there for Pittsburgh as uh, Kenny Pickett goes down. Uh, Mitch Trubisky comes in. He gets a touchdown pass, but he throws a couple interceptions and uh, a tough twenty to. 20 to 10, the final there. Uh, the final uh, interception was there at the uh, Jacksonville 40 yard line as they were trying to drive and uh, get back in that game. But that's the way that ended 20 to 10. Jacksonville 6 and 2, 4 and 0 away, including the two games in London back to back. And that second one, when they beat down on Buffalo, that was pretty impressive. So all of a sudden, the Jaguars finding themselves at 6-2, and two, and their defense is playing out of their minds right now. Uh, Trevor Lawrence doing what he needs to do. Etienne on the ground had 79 yards on 24 carries, so he struggled there, 3.3 yards per carry. But he also had the big touchdown reception of 56 yards, and uh, that was key. So 20-10, to 10, Jags will take it, 6-2. and two. What's your take on Jacksonville? Might be the second-best team in the AFC. They're very balanced team. The defense is playing solid, and you know you got guys at all the skill positions. They they're going to be a tough out, Ken. They really will. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know if they want to take it or keep it on the road. I mean, you know, hanging out in Jacksonville is all right, but you know they're they're finding their stride. And you know, and look, as much as I was kind of riding Doug Peterson at the end of things in Philadelphia, he's still a really good coach. And one thing that he's he excels at is building players 
you know, it may not be necessarily finishing the job as time goes on, but one thing he does know how to do is he knows how to coach quarterbacks and he knows how to get the most out of his guys. Whether he can finish the job or not, I'm not sure, but the talent's there and you know they they're probably not going to get challenged in the division. So, you know, they get to maybe 11 or 12 wins and kind of put it on coast mode and see what happens. So, but uh, a pretty good team. Arizona Cardinals got a few scores late in a crazy fourth quarter, 17 to 10. They outscored the Ravens, but they got the last 10 points of the game, including a field goal, which is 48 seconds because they were down 10. So they needed two scores. They kicked that field goal 31, 24 as they're able to uh, hang in there as far as point spread wise against the Baltimore Ravens, Ravens 31, 24. They go to six and two. What's your take on this Ravens team? You know, I, I'll be honest with you, Ken, I don't know. They they go out and they'll play like superstars one game and the next game it's kind of, eh. You know, and that's not going to do it. And I I think the one one issue the Ravens may end up having is that the division is so tough. It, it's hard to imagine them getting more than a three seed. You know, and, and since he's in the same boat, but, you know, they're going to have to get through – you know they got to get through the gauntlet of Cincy, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh, who are all playing great, and they're they're just a little inconsistent. I I don't know what it is. If it's you know they need more explosiveness on offense, but and it, they'll they'll be there. I mean I think they're a playoff team, but where they end up, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of yeah, I'm kind of play on them. They only had 287 yards against uh, Arizona, who right. had over 300. And Arizona, by the way, coming out today and saying they're going to make a quarterback switch from Joshua Dobbs to Clayton Toon, the youngster out of Houston. So that'll start up next week there <laughs> Best for of the luck Arizona that. Cardinals. That'll be uh, fun. You're, you're one in six. I mean, you know. Yeah, why not? What, what are you going to do, right? I, I mean, think yeah, K- you might as well K- see what you got. KT, why don't you go down to camp and uh, put some pads on? There you go. Fire the pigskin I mean, a little bit. I still Let's have eligibility. There's no question. Right. Yes. You're good. There you go. Good to go. Uh, meanwhile, the fourth quarter, 12.08 to go. Lions have the ball on the Raiders, 44, third and three. And uh, their timeout on the field, so we'll keep an eye there. Uh, very important drive for the Raiders to make a stop here if they're going to stay in this game down nine, 23 to 14. Uh, got within two, uh, a couple big turnovers. They got a pick six from Marcus Peters for 75 yards, and then uh, Marcus uh, Max Crosby uh, was able to reach in the pile and uh, somehow uh, pull out the ball when it looked for all intents and purposes that the runner uh, was down for. Uh, Detroit, but not the call that was made on the field, and they did not overrule it. Uh, getting back, Dolphins 31-17 beat the Patriots to a tongue of Iowa, three touchdown passes, over 300 yards passing, and uh, Waddle, seven receptions, 121 and a touchdown. It's Miami team. You know that offense is just going to keep coming at you. They're, uh, they're an explosive team, and they're the one team this year, even more so than Kansas City, that when you're down double digits early, you don't worry about it with, Can- with uh, Miami. Yeah, but the one problem, here's the problem Miami. Whenever they play a team over five hundred, they don't win. You know they're 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 kind of in Dallas territory right now. You know where they're they're able to take a, a mediocre team or a bad team and take them apart. But you know look what look what happened in Philadelphia and the Eagles just shut them down. They're not as explosive as they are as a unit as a full unit. They're not quite there yet. And so I kind of question, you know, I, I, they're once again they're a playoff team too, but they've got to fine tune some things on both sides of the football to really tell me that they are going to get into that upper echelon and be a Super Bowl contender. 
Yeah, can't disagree with you. All right, before we take our final break, let me just uh, duck in the other scores there that we uh, didn't get into. But the Bears Chargers, I said I thought the Chargers would crush the Bears. Uh, they came out, guns a-blazing, 24-7. They led it at the half. They went at 30-13. to Herbert looked the best he's looked all season. Uh, threw for 298 and three touchdowns, and uh, they were solid. But Eckler really played an outstanding game. And when that guy's healthy, he is a difference maker. There is no question. He had only 29 yards on the ground, 15 carries, right? So the Bears did a great job against the run. But Eckler, seven receptions for 94 and a touchdown. That was key. Keenan Allen had eight for 69. Quentin Johnson finally stepped up, had five receptions for 50. And Parham, the uh, tight end, had four for 43, but he had a touchdown as well. And Simi Fajoko, the youngster out of Stanford, got his first touchdown reception in the the NFL. And uh, that was pretty impressive there. 30-13, to 13, Chargers Sunday night football taking care of business. Meanwhile, Detroit and the Raiders, it is fourth, and it says one. It's about a link of the, uh, of the chain there. And I'm sure uh, Detroit's going to go for it from the Raider 42-yard line. Uh, fourth quarter action there. And uh, NFL action, boy, it's getting good. And, again, we have some really good games coming up this week. So looking forward to them, including Tennessee at Pittsburgh on Thursday night and the Steelers. They could use a, a big home win, but Tennessee, they want to see what they have with Levis now, uh, his second start, and uh, that'll be a lot of fun. But that is it got through all those games outside of the Bengals beating the 49ers 31-17, but we did mention Purdy threw for a lot of yardage. Mixon at 87 and a touchdown on the ground, but as uh, Mark said, hey, it's good to have Joe Burrow healthy, and it's great for the league. You know, you never want to see guys get hurt, but we've seen a ton of guys go down and uh, Joe Burrow, you could tell early on that calf, he was trying to rush it back, and it showed, no doubt. But that week off, sometimes the bite just comes at the right time, and Cincinnati will take it, and they parlayed that into a nice win against the 49ers. We will take our final break, come back. We'll touch on some of the college football. I'll update the NHL. And, of course, the Golden Knights are in action over there at the Fortress tonight against Montreal. Sports X Radio 101.5 FM. K-Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. And... Uh, my goodness, man, this Raider game, if they get another score, could get that heart ticking. And uh, do not forget about the Preventative Diagnostic Center under Dr. John Pierce. That's right, because they've got the best deal in the country, bar none, as far as the heart CT scan and calcium score special. And that's the whole thing. If you're 40 to 72, if you fall in that demographic, well, Dr. John Pierce here, the Preventative Diagnostic Center here in the Vegas Valley, they have the only scanner of its kind in the region that gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center. You can call now, leave your name and number. They'll get back to you with that free educational consultation. You know the 702 for Vegas, 534. 7900 534-7900, 534-7900. Make sure you tell them KT Sports X Radio sent you. Comfortable scan takes a few minutes. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. Again, that heart CT scan and calcium score, $600 value, $125. Your significant other, absolutely free. The two of you get in there, $1,200 value, a total of $125. Check your heart out. Make sure those arteries aren't clogging up. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Preventative Diagnostic Center, 534-7900. PD Center. LV.com, pdcenterlv.com. Go check it out. You can see the scanner and some other things on the website. It is SportsX Radio. Come back, wrap things up on a big show Monday. Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke, live from Vegas. You're listening to SportsX Radio. I've got a sweeter song than the birds in the trees. Well, I guess you say. Ah, 
the Temptations, baby. Hey, a little, uh, little Motown on Motown Monday here for Chris Wynn and his Lions right now taking care of business. Get another field goal up 26-14 on the Raiders. Raiders running out of time, down to nine and a half minutes. Uh, they're down 12-26-14. Also want to duck in there. Uh, legendary guy from uh, the Hoaxers neck of the woods, not too far. Uh, you know, he's a big Orioles guy, but Frank Howard, he was yeah. actually a home run champ, passing away at the age of 87 and, of course, broke in with the L.A. Dodgers and helped the Dodgers uh, win a World Series in 1963 and then transitioned over there to the Washington Senators and was actually uh, on the Senators when they moved to Texas and became the Texas Rangers. And then he finished up his career with old Sea Winds Detroit Tigers, uh, but passing away at age 87, Frank Howard, the gentle giant, and uh, big-time, all, four-time All-Star, but 382 home runs. And, man, when he hit them, you knew they were gone. Yeah, they did. Very underrated player. And I, and I think some of it was because he ended up playing for the Senators and they just weren't very good. So, you know, and then, of course, you know, being the, the, the Rangers early on, too, and just kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. But, boy, that guy could hit a ball. He could. And it's a... Uh, you know, big loss for baseball, but one of the most underrated play, one of the most underrated players of all time. Yeah, see, I, I you know, baseball. I'll tell you what, I don't know what just happened, but uh, Marino, it looked like he walked oh, on a ball off the co- corner. It was, it? it was on the three. It was a three-one pitch that was clearly outside. And um, boy, I tell you, the the umps in this World Series, it hasn't been terrible. They've made some really shaky calls in this wow. thing. I mean, and it's a late call. I mean, Marino's three steps down oh, yeah. to first base, and then the call's made, and that made the count three and two, and then he grounds out to third base. But he was the leadoff man in the bottom of the ninth, and uh, Leclerc gets the uh, the first of the D-backs as he is uh, cruising in Texas, looking to go 9-0 and on the road in the postseason. Uh, real quick, let's duck in some of these. Uh, college games, and again, USC with that wild 50-49 to victory against Cal. Just a crazy game, and uh, it was a lot of fun to watch that one back. Didn't get to see it live, was paying attention to the score. Uh, they were down 14 and came back and won, but uh, just some wild, wild stuff. Uh, meanwhile, Georgia, no problem in the battle with Florida there in Jacksonville, 43-20. to And again, anytime the Bulldogs have a an opponent that people say are going to give them trouble, they just take care of business in a big way. Uh, Carson Beck threw for 315 and a couple touchdowns. And Lad McConkie had a big game, six receptions, 135, and a touchdown. Edwards on the ground had two touchdowns and 96 on the ground. Ohio State beat Wisconsin 24-10, to but the game much closer than that. Uh, they struggled a little bit. And then Florida State, 41-16. They pull away late from Wake Forest and uh, get that late touchdown, but they win it by 25. Washington, they had trouble with Stanford. Uh, They outscored Stanford 14-7 in the fourth quarter. It was a two-point game going to the fourth. They win it 42-33 against Stanford. I'll tell you right now, Washington, as good as they are, I'll be surprised if they beat USC at at the uh, Coliseum. Penix Jr. had a good game. He threw for 369 and four touchdowns. We'll see. I, I can't wait for that game. You better have a... You better have a you know a, an accountant there to keep score because USC and Washington I, there's not going to be much defense I don't think uh, you know based on the way those two teams are playing and USC's last six games have gone over the total I'll tell you one of the games that I did watch back last night as well was Kansas 38-33 they beat Oklahoma mm-hmm. Sooners first loss and Bean was solid he threw for 218 and a and a couple interceptions but I mean he was he was running the ball real nice and he had a big touchdown run 
in the second half, and uh, he ended up with 62 yards rushing, uh, had a 38-yard touchdown rush, as I talked about. Devin Neal had 112, and then uh, Highshaw also had 51 and had two touchdowns, so they had four rushing touchdowns and a good 38-33 win. Uh, Leopold, the uh, coach for Kansas, has done a heck of a job there, and uh, that's a big-time win for the Jayhawks over the Sooners, and Dylan Gabriel and OU and Brent Venables, they suffer their first loss. Yeah, and... Now the door opens for Texas and Kansas State. You know, they play this week, and the winner mm-hmm. is probably going to be headed to the Big 12 championship game with Oklahoma, I would think. But, you know, in Kansas, to be honest with you, you know, I mean, Oklahoma dodged a bullet last week with UCF. Kansas really should have beaten them by two touchdowns. Some turnovers, missed field goals. Just, you know, you could tell the nerves were there for those guys, and the conditions weren't that great, but... Yeah, great win for Kansas. Boy, it'd be it'd be fun for the Big Twelve if they can get KU into the mix. Yeah, and I'll get some uh, take as far as the uh, college football playoff rankings that come out tomorrow. Uh, Jerry Palm will close the show tomorrow. Not only oh. does he do his bracketology, but he also is CBS Sports. We'll get him the last segment from uh, forty-four to fifty-six. Uh, that works his schedule there, so we'll close tomorrow. So uh, the Hoekster and I from PSBR Law Studios with Jerry Palm closing up. Uh, Rob Rishi will be in studio as well last Tuesday of the month. And, of course, Halloween, so it'll be a crazy night in Vegas, of course. How about Oregon, 35-6 to pound Utah? I talked about it at the top of the show. That was very, very impressive, 35-6. Again, they didn't even score in the fourth quarter, just went through the motions there and got out of there. Rice-Echo Stadium, nobody beats Utah like that. This Oregon team's legit. They should have beaten Washington. Again, they missed that last-second field goal, but they really dominated the uh, Huskies in the second half there in Seattle, I thought. Uh, just couldn't get the points uh, to equate to the way they were playing. I think Oregon's the uh, only real legit team out of the Pac-12. Again, I like the way Arizona's playing, but it took a little while for them to find Fafita, who came up with a big win against Oregon State in Tucson, one of those late-night games in the desert. Very, very impressive there by Arizona. And again, Jed Fish doing a great job. And uh, Hoaxers, Penn State, and the Lions, they won by nine, but they didn't get that game winner till just a little over couple minutes to go before they put away Indiana, but he'll take it. Oh, and KT, it oh, by the way, KT, Texas just wrapped up against Arizona, went three to one, ninth record, record setting ninth postseason road win. There you go. We'll talk about it more tomorrow on Tuesday. Till tomorrow, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you live from Vegas Sports X Radio, 101.5 FM. K Dawn, I'm Ken Thompson. God bless. Good night, everybody.